Welcome to Rocks and Dirt. Good evening. My name is Mike. I'm here with my friends Todd and Steve. Evening, gentlemen. Hey, y'all. Hello. Gather around. Gather around, children. Get down. <laughs> That's right. We are going to talk rocks and dirt tonight, classic rock and sports, as is our custom. And today, uh, the day that we are recording this broadcast uh, was the day that Charlie Daniels passed away. And so we thought we'd pay tribute to the country legend Charlie Daniels passed away at the age of 83. I did not know he was that old until today. Uh, 30 albums, all told, and only one number one. I think you know which song we're talking about, Steve. Devil Went Down to Georgia. Country Boy, right? Oh. Devil Went Down to Georgia. Devil Went Down Georgia. Yeah, that was the number one that he had in 1979. On the pop charts. Uh, he said of that song, of that song, yeah, I crossed over, didn't it? And country, yes. uh, Of that song, he said, I never did play, I've never played the solo right. Wow. <laughs> He's played it a million times. and But, I mean, it's quite the, the fiddle solo, and so I imagine there's a lot of room for error with all those notes, but uh, just kind of the, the kind of guy he was. What a career of uh, going back to the 60s, really. He had a song called Uneasy Rider. Uh, back in 1973, but he goes back to 1969. He played on Bob Dylan's album called Nashville Skyline. Yeah, and Self Portrait. He played guitar, uh, fiddle. I'm sure guitar, fiddle, and bass also. Yeah, some of those albums. I didn't know. Uh, we were watching a, a video of him being interviewed by David Letterman in 1982, just moments ago. And I remember and seeing it back then. Too. I, I, I don't forgot. think I've ever seen it, and I don't remember seeing him playing guitar before. But I'm not a, a big fan, so I, mean, I all I knew is that he was a, a fiddle player and quite, quite great a guitar player. player too. Well, he said he was regarded as a uh, rock and roll. Or they asked him, "Weren't you regarded as a rock and roll musician when you came out?" And he said, "Well, I never put a title on it at all, but a lot of people considered us to be rock and roll, and they wanted to know who his favorite artist was." Yeah, and he hum hawed for a minute, and he said, "Elvis." Yeah, it's a very I, safe answer. I yeah, think. I think a lot of the old guys that's that's their go-to. Like a guy in my age, I'm going to go Beatles, as many would. But uh, those folks that were born in the '40s or uh, late '30s, even for for Charlie Daniels, they're going to go with Elvis because he's the guy that broke broke the mold and set the stage for so many others to follow. Uh, Charlie Daniels, uh, a career that spans decades. A man of faith uh, as well. Now, I, don't, I don't know much about that other than he has claimed to have faith in Jesus Christ, which uh, gives us all some comfort. Died today at the age of 83. I think he'd done a lot of things for the community. He hosted these volunteer jams all through this. That's right. The seventies all the way through the eighties. Every and, year, right? Yeah, for a long time in Tennessee. Uh, yeah. And the biggest names in rock and country would show up and volunteer and jam. Volunteer right? to jam. Yeah. In Tennessee, which already knows band. Now I I go back uh, to the seventies uh, bands that I played in, and I have very as you know, Todd. I have very little country background. In fact, any country background I have comes from you. And so, <laughs> there was a band I was in that played a long-haired country boy. Yep. And I I didn't know anything about it, and I only recently realized, oh, that was Charlie Daniels. Yeah. And so it was one of his early hits. Yeah, you know, early hits, I guess. Easy Rider. Uh, and then in more recent times, here with the Tuxedo Cats, we've played South's Gonna Do It Again. Scotty does a great job with that. It's a, a favorite. 
I think, among... It's very patriotic about his stuff, too. In America. That was Okay, because I was trying to think. Was there a, a patriotic song, specifically? Yeah, well, In America was uh, came out in 1980, a year after uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. And it was talking about the issues at the time, the Iran thing, the inflation, and yeah. uh, all the stuff that was happening in 1980. And he said, hey, we're, we're going to get together and, and get through this. Devil Went Down to Georgia in 1979, yeah. I can remember. I loved that when I was a kid. I was 10 when that Yeah, I'm, I'm, that summer. I was thinking where I was at yeah, the time. Summer 79. Yeah, I was. It was, on the, it was on the pop stations all the time, and it was on the, the country and, stations. And again, not being a country guy, I was drawn to that song because it kind of had a beat, and I, and I, and I would actually, uh, I knew the words. He was looking for a soul to seal. He was a bind. We were to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle. Yeah, that's, so that was a, a catchy song for sure. Yeah. Said, boy, let me tell you what. Great voice. I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care Talking to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you played pretty good fiddle, boy. So country boy. Can I play the Geico commercial? I think I'm better than you. Oh, please. Pitching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Does Charlie Daniels play a mean fiddle? Look at that bow. That's how you do it, son. That's how you do it. I can show you how it's done. Oh boy! What a legend, nice. <laughs> Charlie Daniels and uh, Geico are that was recent for the week. Yeah. That was pretty yeah, recent. That commercial, that looked, I remember that it. Just not too long ago. Yeah. Charlie Daniels are uh, rocks today for Rocks and Dirt broadcast, and uh, we we move now to the dirt. And this is my alley, guys. You gave me a, an open shot here, so I'm taking Pete Rose. This is your wheelhouse. I'm going, I'm going <laughs> Pete Rose. Came up in 1963. I was five years old. He set the mold for how the game is to be played. He got it from his dad. His dad was not a professional athlete, but he was an amateur athlete and learned to go all out with it. Show up for work. Be punctual. Uh, give it Hustle. all you got. Yeah, he was called Charlie Hustle, wasn't he? Almost really? to his detriment. They, they was, uh, his opponents thought he was a hot dog. That was an insult. Yeah. yeah, they thought he was, he was hey, he's too. He would know, run to first base. enthusiasm. On a ball, on, on a walk. He would run. He would hustle down to first base. And so that's what we learned in Cincinnati, Man. where I came up. He broke some of the unwritten rules maybe back then when he was young. Like this. Unwritten rules. They always talk about that in baseball. Uh, unwritten rules as in hustle to first base? Yeah, stuff like that. Like Sure, um, it would fit into that category. Right. And that's what we did. Uh, every kid wanted to be number 14. Yeah. Uh, he was he was the man. That yeah. hair when he's when he's sliding head first and <laughs> right. his, his helmet comes off. And yeah. He's sliding head first. There's a great photo. You see it. Every, slide into third. Yeah, yeah he slides head in, first. Was it third or home? <laughs> well, he slid in. There's one there. He's sliding into third, but uh, yeah, he was. He kind of developed that it's head like he's first flying, slide. Over, hovering over the ground. His yeah. hair is going everywhere. And now in the 60s, he had picture. he had a crew cut. So the, you're looking at the 70s, the 70s, and the, and his hair would fly up like that, and it was. Uh, kind of have a, a bowl, like almost like a, a mo from the Three Stooges, kind of a cut. Mo. Yeah. Uh, so you know, when you say Pete Rose, uh, a lot of people conjure up in their minds uh, what happened in the '80s. But before we get there, I want to go back to 1970 when he was in the All Star Game, and it happened to be in Cincinnati, their brand new ballpark, and it was uh, extra innings, and he uh, tied game. He comes around third base, and he bowls over. Ray Fossey at the plate and scores a winning run for an all-star game. And Ray Fossey 
was injured in that play. And they say that he was never the same after that. Well, he wasn't. You know, uh, back yeah, he played for another 10 years, but he wasn't. He had pretty good numbers, but they say he wasn't the same player as he was that yeah. that year. Now, people tell you that you know, there was no animosity between he and Ray. I don't know what Ray says about that. He uh, was of the opinion that just because it's an all-star game, there'd be those who say, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to risk injury or stuff like that. He said, people pay to see you play. You play all out to win, uh, and that was his philosophy. Yeah. And, he, and he bowled over Ray Fossey. So his his opponents didn't like him, which brought me to believe early on that you know, people didn't like him unless you, he played for your team. <laughs> if he played for your team, you liked him a lot. And so he played for the Reds all the way up until. Uh, 1979, I think. I remember he was on in a lot of commercials. I was a kid in the Reds. The, the Reds were winning uh, World Series, the Big Red Machine, and everything. He was in a lot of those commercials. I remember Aqua Velva. He, he sang in one of them. I, I, I remember that. And I looked it up, and it's on YouTube. I couldn't believe it. And he's singing with some other guys. And of course, Pete's not much of a singer, but he's having fun about making a man feel like a man the aqua velva uh, whatever man yeah like a man. and there's some other he did a kool-aid commercial hey kool-aid where the the big oh yeah the big kool-aid guy <laughs> comes in and steals one of his home runs well, yeah he catches the the big red machine was all that in the mid 70s early, you know, early to mid 70s yeah. and so they got a lot of media attention and he was on commercials as was johnny bench joe yeah. morgan the other big red machine players and they were the best team you know, bar none at that time and so as the, the 70s wore on, by the end of the 70s, they lost uh, several of their players, and he moved on. Was Johnny Bench and Pete Rose on the same team? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. The big red machine. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, uh, when you get into the controversy part, I have something I was going to okay. bring up. <laughs> okay. So that, that's the part that people know about. They, you know, they see Pete Rose, and, oh, yeah, I bet he won't do that again. There's <laughs> <laughs> 100 gambling jokes about Pete Rose because in 1986 was his last year as a player. He played and managed at the same time for a couple right. of years. Right, he was a player manager. In 1986, he broke the all-time record for hits, 4,192 hits. Ty Cobb's record never to be broken again, more, more than likely. And so uh, he had this competitive edge. The following year, he was only managing. And he said that he, he kind of lost that edge. He didn't have anything to play for. So... He would. He started betting on his own team. I always wondered why. He, he started betting on his own team. Well, of course, he denied it because it was illegal to bet. Even if it's on your own team, uh, you're not. You really can't be accused of of trying to cheat on the game or anything like they did back Affect in the, the outcome of the game. Exactly. Off the field. Like like in 1919, you know, there was a bunch of guys, Joe Shoeless Joe, and all these yeah. guys got busted for right for. Uh, betting and throwing the game well he was never accused of that he bet on his own team still it was to illegal. win right? right to win <laughs> still and so uh, but it was still illegal technically and he and he lied about it for years uh and he he finally got kicked out of the game uh, for that reason you know it, it's kind of like the beatles when when one of them did one thing the rest of them had to answer for it so i think johnny bench got tired of answering for pete rose and he he finally got to the point where he said quit asking me about it he did the he broke the rules he's he's out why do we keep talking about it so what is the clip that you've got there Tom? well I, I haven't watched the clip it just says johnny bench you know quote uh Pete Rose shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I didn't know he felt that way. Yeah, he he uh, he and, and Rose were kind of like the the two uh, guys on the team that everybody admired the most. They were, but they were two opposite kind of players. Johnny Bench was a younger, uh, 
good looking young man and pete rose was this burly little bit older guy older than johnny by probably by about uh, eight years or so but they were the you know the two the faces of the team primarily and it's kind of a shame that they kind of went separate ways now pete will only talk highly about johnny because johnny was arguably the best catcher in the game johnny not as kind in his comments about pete primarily because of uh, right of cheating and getting caught what uh, field position did pete play Good question. He, he played, played a lot of positions. He didn't. played all positions. In fact, he has the highest percentage, fielding percentage, as an outfielder of all time. He came up as a second baseman. He played third for a long time, and in his later years, he played first base. So, basically, he played. He even played a little bit of short, but played basically everything but pitcher and catcher. And so switch he, hitter, too, a, right? a switch hitter, a utility man. He he could play. Uh, he could play anything, just about, you know, with the exception of pitcher and catcher. So uh, he, uh, I remember I had a, car, a baseball card in the seventies and of uh, Pete Rose, and it said uh, position infield. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He just played everything. He just said infield. Yeah. That's what he he just played every position at back then. It was infield. I didn't even know he played in outfield that much. Yeah. He he uh, he played all outfield positions at one time or another. And as a manager, he he did well those three or four years that he managed and played for the Reds came in second every year never did quite make it in the following year when after he was banned from baseball in 1990 the Reds went all the way and, and won the World Series without him so that, that had to sting a little but he'll tell you to this day and he's 79 years old now he's not the kind of guy that you are attracted to as a person he's, <laughs> he's very burly very uh, confident uh, he could always back it up with his numbers but to this day he'll say he wants he wants to manage a team if you want to put butts in the seats and win, hire me, and I'll, I'll make it happen. Oh, yeah. And so he was very confident in that area. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen, Todd. If I have to bet on my own team, I'm going to make something happen. <laughs> right, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, Cincinnati being a, a, a baseball town, at least when I was growing up, and uh, Pete Rose being kind of the premier player, he modeled how the game should be played. And I still believe I've, I actually had a chance to meet him. Uh, an autograph session one time. You had to pay a little bit to get his autograph. Oh, I've seen I pictures. Yeah. And I and I asked him who who plays the game today. Uh, and this was a while back, uh, like you played it. And he's oh, there's a lot of good players, a lot of good players. And he he mentioned Derek Jeter. I always remember he remembered he uh, mentioned him as a guy who played all out and uh, is an all round player and plays to win at all costs. Ah, that's the way it's done. You've sit next to him in those kind of things so many times that you're like a close personal friend of his. Yeah, yeah he's on my, my, my. Does he know you by oh, name? Absolutely. Yeah. He and Does I, he text you like Paul McCartney? He texts us. We hang out. <laughs> yeah. That was you again. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. I've, I've over the years. I mean, when when we were kids, they would sh- the Reds would show up at Walmart or something or Kmart and uh, you, you get your autograph yeah. and it didn't cost anything. You just line up, get in line, and, and they would do it. It's nothing like it is today. So I've actually you know, met him a few times. I have a feeling he met, he's met a few votes. <laughs> so he and I are not, are not tight. But uh, he's definitely my favorite player of all time. If you like baseball and you like winning, Pete Rose is your guy. Number 14. There you go. Hey, you touched on something a while ago. And Shoeless Joe Jackson, some of those guys back in that era, what was that, the 40s or something? 1919. Oh, oh really? That's when, the, that's when the scandal took place, I believe. Is that right, They almost Steve? killed the game. I mean, I think the – some gamblers got in there and, and 
paid these guys because they weren't getting paid anything. Right. They were, you know, back then they weren't getting anything. Owners were the owned movie to- Eight Men Out is about that. It came out in the just, late 80s. Those, yeah, I just saw it again recently. Uh, John Cusack. And, yeah, you know, I need to watch that. What about others. Ty Cobb? Is that the same time? Uh, Ty Cobb, uh, about maybe, the same maybe about, time. Maybe about 10 years before, maybe. 10, before? years before. Ty Cobb, I believe, was a little bit before that. That's like the 1800s before ah, that. Early was Ty Cobb before that? Okay. A little bit. Maybe around the same well, okay. time. So, well, he, well, so he had the hit record pre- before Pete. Oh, is that oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Pete broke Ty Cobb's record. Oh, it was a, a okay. long time. Well, um, who is it that, that always, they would wear the cleats and if they come sliding in to home and you were at home and he was wearing cleats, then he would take you out with those cleats. I mean, you people would be leaving the stadium bleeding. You remember any of those stories? Ty Cobb. That, that was Ty Cobb. Yeah, he was a dirty player. He was dirty. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't, they didn't like him. I heard he beat up a cripple in the stands that yeah. was heckling him or something. Yeah, he was. He, Tommy Lee Jones played him in a movie, I think he. Did he? Long back in the 80s or something. Oh, well, that's yeah. perfect. He, was he played dirty. the older Ty Cobb talking about his. His career, he was a dirty so and so. You know what, yeah. I mean? what they would describe him as. He was not a nice pretty mean man. dude. I've heard. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, it was almost as nasty then as it is now. <laughs> They're not allowed to spit anymore now. They, nice. Like they say in sports, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Well, listen. I just wanted to put the uh, the commercial at the end here. Okay. I want to plug my CD. Todd's got a CD. It's called. Uh, this is about you. It's, it's called, called about you. It's called about you. Yeah, all this time, uh, I thought it was about me. Yeah, no, it will. Well, if the shoe fits. I'm so vain. I thought the song was about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, my uh, CD is on uh, iTunes, and it's called About You, and it's by Todd Rinley. It should still be able to find it on there, and I would love it if you had downloaded, because you know I could just. Hear the cash register ringing now. Absolutely, all original songs. <laughs> it's all original songs. I got some, you know, it's got some, got some decent stuff on there. Yeah, stuff. So but, you, uh, you didn't have to go through ASCAP to play these. Though. No, I can play them anytime I want to. Matter of fact, I'll probably end the show with uh, Island Nation. There you go. It's my nieces and nephews' favorite song. That's a good one. And there's a few of them on there Not that the I'm kind of proud of. But it's yeah. your, your thing. Yeah, that's. I know you put a lot of work into it. There's no small amount of uh, effort to yeah. put that together produce it and then distribute. did you play most of the instruments on it too yeah yeah i'm glad you asked that um mm. I, I did most all of the instruments um i asked scotty to uh to come in and, and do a little playing scotty and G? yeah scotty g and he, he he got in late so he helped me out with uh, some of the percussion uh on uh, island nation and then my friend cedric lewis from over in longview uh, did well i played the guitar on um um, autumn leaves, uh, jazz, uh, jazz uh, standard, and he did everything, and I played the guitar and the sax. I, I pulled my sax That's out right, for this. You played a lot of yeah. sax. I rehearsed, the, I rehearsed a little bit, and then I just went at it, you know. So, um, just, well, we actually used this as an outro to the podcast early on, didn't we? Yeah, use yeah. this. We use it quite a bit, just mm-hmm. because uh, now, now we have the rights to use music. We can use whatever we want. We can use whatever we want. We do what we want. We do what we want. <laughs> And uh, and before that, we were using stuff off of uh, you know our little, just little jams that we did, as mm-hmm. well as stuff off of this CD. So, so thank you very much for allowing me to do that. Yeah, yeah. Rocks and Dirts with Mike, Steve, and Todd. We're so thankful you joined us today. Join us next time for another edition of Rocks and Dirt, production of the Tuxedo Cats. We'll see you next time. Here it goes.
light. There you go. Oh yeah. 